place where what I'm staying this? right now is like it doesn't have like great soundproofing. Okay. So yeah, I haven't done that yet. All right. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Well, welcome to another episode of the Two Bros Podcast. Today I'm joined with another good friend of mine, Gayatri Rawat. Gayatri, welcome. Thank you so much. And uh, the reason why Gayatri is on the podcast is, uh, as you know, Gayatri, this is the season where normally, I would say normally, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the races would kick off. You know, the yeah. fancy races in, uh, not fancy races, the regular races in, in Gurgaon would take off, you know, uh, starting with the Starry Night or... Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 running season basically. October, November, December, the next three months we're looking forward to just usually would be a lot of races happening. And well, you know how things are and I don't think anything is going to happen. So fitness and people has uh, kind of taken a turn. But our plan initially, if you remember, was to do half marathon by the end of the year. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was going to happen. But uh, clearly we've, uh, we're well past that now. We are uh, destroying cookies Oreos. and Oreos and <laughs> you know having bourbon over the weekend. That's not happening. But uh, the reason I'm here, we're talking about uh, fitness is we're going to talk about a uh, road to recovery. We're going to talk about uh, uh, an injury that you had many, many years ago, which is, well, to call it an injury is a bit of an understatement, and I'm sure you're going to agree to that. So, Gayatri, in your own words and, uh, you know, in, in your own uh, style, just talk us through, take us back to that uh, that day, that, uh, tell us tell us what happened and how bad was it? So, actually, before I tell you that, I want to tell you at that point of time, hmm. I was just going through a very rough phase. And running was something that, you know, actually kept me going. So that was, at that point of time, it was really important for me. Mm-hmm. And basically, you know, I just started signing up for all these events and I started so, running. And what, yeah. what, what were the distances you were covering that morning? You were doing 5Ks, 10Ks, what? Yeah, so mostly I would do like 5Ks. Hmm. Uh, officially, uh, I was supposed to do my first 10K on 17th of September, which was Pinkathon, mm-hmm. uh, which is when this accident happened. And what year is this? Uh, this is 2017. 2017. Okay. Yeah. Right. Hmm. So, um, you know, similarly, I just signed up for Pinkathon and I thought, okay, you know what, this is going to be a great race. It was supposed to happen at uh, Jawaharlal Nehru Stadium. Mm-hmm. And I thought that, you know, uh, this should be my first 10K, official 10K. So I was pretty excited about it. I signed up for the race. There was this another friend of mine who was going to join me for this particular race. And um, a day before that, I was just trying to reach out to her to, you know, figure out the logistics, like how are we going to go and everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to call this woman. I'm trying, you know, her phone is switched off. I'm trying to send her messages. She's not reading my messages. I was like, okay, probably she's not going to come. She has something else to do. And I was like, fine, I'll go by myself. Hmm. So um, I just went to bed. I thought probably I'll leave somewhere around at 5 a.m. Because uh, I think my race was about to start at 6.15, 6.30 or something like that. So I went to bed. And suddenly at 3, my phone rings and this woman is calling me. Mm-hmm. And she tells me that, you know... Uh, I will meet you there directly. Uh, one of my friends is going like, to drop me. So I was like, okay, cool, fine. I'll, I'll see you there. I got ready. I got up. I got ready. Uh, I don't know. Probably it was like just bad timing. Mm-hmm. The moment I was going to click book and Uber, I again receive a call from this woman. And she just told me that, you know, I'm thinking I'll take my bike with me and maybe we should go together. Okay. So she lives somewhere near Cyber Hub. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, fine, I'll come to your place and we'll start from there. Hmm. So I reached her place and uh, 
I think you are familiar with the area. So you know there is an underpass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I sit on a bike. And, um, you know, this is a Royal Enfield. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So I sit as a pillion. And she was going like really fast. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking at the back of my mind, maybe I should tell her to, you know, slow down probably. I was just thinking this. And the next thing that I know is I'm on the road. Okay. The bike has crashed and it was like so sudden and it was so fast. I really couldn't understand ki, you know, what has happened. Mm-hmm. And I'm in extreme pain. At this point of time, like I have tears in my eyes. Like it was so painful. Mm-hmm. I really couldn't figure out what has happened actually. Like did somebody hit us or what happened? Now I was, you know, the, I was just figuring everything out. And I look to my right mm-hmm. and I see that there is a car rushing towards me. Okay. And this is an underpass. People usually, uh, you know, they don't drive slow in the underpasses because they know that nobody is going to be coming from the other side. Yeah. So I thought, you know, probably I'm just going to die. Like this is, this is my end. This is how I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some, and I, I'm just trying to, you know, move. Now my left ankle, it's crushed between the wall of the underpass and this royal entry. Bloody hell. Yeah. So I was like, dude, I can't move. My friend is nowhere to be seen. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. So I just, you know, raised my hand towards this car that, and I just instructed that guy to stop. Like, I can't move, just stop. Mm-hmm. Somehow he just, you know, pulled his brakes and everything and he just stopped right in front of me. Okay. So I was like, okay, fine. At least I'm not dead. <laughs> so this guy gets out of the car. Uh, I see, you know, my friend, she's walking from the other side of the road. And at this point of time, I know, dude, I'm fucked. Like, my ankle is fucked. Mm-hmm. I didn't even look at it. I didn't have the heart to do that. Mm-hmm. So, this guy, he's trying to pick me up and put me in his car so that, you know, uh, we can go to the hospital. Now, when your ankle is, like, crushed, it was literally crushed, mm-hmm. you can't do that. Right, like, of course. So... You know, how easy it is to get inside a car. At that point of time, I know, you know, we take a lot of things for granted. It's not that easy. So, somehow I just sat inside that car. We went to the hospital. It was equally difficult to get out of that car and then on the wheelchair and then from the wheelchair onto the x-ray table. Mm -hmm. So, it was, you know, another level of ordeal. And this is Sunday. This is 5 a.m. in the morning. So, there were no doctors. Mm -hmm. Uh, All they did was they just, you know, splinted my leg. Okay. And uh, they shifted me to a ward. And they told me that, you know, this is not an emergency situation. Really? Yeah. What? <laughs> I was like, dude, my leg is on fire. Come on. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. They were like, this is not an emergency situation. We'll operate you tomorrow when the doctors are available. Oh, my God. Yeah. That is what I was told. Okay. So, I was like, okay, probably it's not that bad. Did they did they give you a, a lowdown of what all, what has happened to your foot, to your ankle? At this, they... at this point of time, they haven't. They haven't said anything. They haven't. Okay. So they were, uh, you know, doing other procedures. They were completing the MLC procedures where they have to inform the police and all of that. Okay, so, okay. Yeah. So they're doing all of that. I'm done with my x-ray. I've been shifted to the ward. Hmm. Now, another interesting thing that happened here was when I was being shipped, uh, shifted to the ward. So uh, let's let's imagine if this is the ward. Mm-hmm. Uh, they took me on a stretcher. Mm-hmm. So they brought me to the ward. Mm-hmm. And the bed is uh, on my left. Right. And my left ankle is obviously splinted. Mm-hmm. And they want me to shift to the bed. 
and I was like, dude, I can't do that. Okay. So they're like, we are gonna like you know uh, carry you with the bed sheet and we are gonna put you on that bed. Dude, me itni halki niu. Please, I'm gonna fall. Don't do that. I don't wanna you know uh, break another leg of mine. <laughs> so I had to like actually instruct them. You know what you need to do is just get the stretcher away, pull this bed this side, get the stretcher. to the other side and then i can you know probably shift to the bed so i am basically working as a paramedic there right okay yeah so this happened uh now after probably you know uh, 30 minutes um this junior doctor walks up to me and he's telling me that you'll have to get operated and it's a bimalleolar fracture you have like fractured your wrist um, your ankle completely mm-hmm. and we'll have to operate you can you go into a little more detail about this because tell us tell us uh, Whatever the doctor told him, more you know, if you, whatever details you can spare about this accident. Mm-hmm. So he just simply told me that you know we will have to go ahead and put a platinum rod in your uh, ankle, and mm-hmm. we'll have to like you know fix your ankle using that, and we'll, they'll be using a rod and certain screws. Mm-hmm. So at this point of time in my life, I've never had any operation. I was never operated before that, so I was a bit nervous about it, mm-hmm. and you know. Uh, mostly people think that sometimes these treatments are actually not needed but it's just the doctors that they suggested that okay. you know go ahead and get operated that's the easiest way out for them mm. so i thought maybe i should get a second opinion obviously i couldn't have gone anywhere and at this point of time i've just informed my friends that you know this has happened and my friends are with me mm. so i told my friends that do you know just take my reports just take a second opinion and if the other doctors also say the same thing then we are going to go ahead with that so these guys they went to like two or three other hospitals mm-hmm. everybody suggested the same thing okay. like nothing else can be done you have to go ahead and get it operated so at that point of time i was mentally prepared that okay this is going to happen now mm-hmm. and i haven't informed my family <laughs> okay i haven't uh-huh. so i just called my mom and i told her that mom you know i just fractured my leg i'm getting a plaster done and once i'm back home i'll just call you again mm-hmm. this is what i told her obviously mom being mom she knew that something was wrong and she yeah. was trying to get it out of me i never gave in because there's no point right mm-hmm. yeah. she'll get worried she'll yeah. fly down and whatever mm-hmm. i don't wanted that to happen so um at night um the doctor told me that you know you will get operated at 8 in the morning mm-hmm. so don't drink or eat anything after 12 So I was like, okay, that's fine by me. Mm-hmm. I didn't eat or, or drink anything after twelve. I can't sleep because I'm in pain. They're giving me painkillers mm-hmm. and everything, but it's still painful. Right. So I can't sleep. I was up by eight. I thought probably now I'm gonna get operated. Now suddenly a junior doctor walks up to me and says that you know there is some emergency case and the operation theater is not available as of now. Mm-hmm. So we are gonna get you operated later on. You can have juice and you can have your breakfast. So I was like, okay, and he, you know, deliberately made me have juice in front of him. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, took a few sips. Later on, these after uh, he, so ju- he just walks away. Um, another set of um, you know, people come in and they are like, okay, we are go- going to take you to get operated. I'm like, dude, I just had my breakfast. Now I can't get operated. And like, we we told you that you know you're not supposed to eat oh or drink God. anything after twelve. I'm like, dude, you guys, you know, figure it out. Figure What's it out, happening, yeah. dude? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like somebody told me that the theater is not uh, operation theater is not available. Mm-hmm. So this confusion happened. Uh, I got operated at three three in the afternoon. 
So, but at this point of time, it has been past 24 hours. And how long was the procedure? So, they told me it's going to be a 35 to 40 minutes procedure. Really? That's, but it that's... took 3 hours. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, right. it took 3 hours. Mm-hmm. So, they told me it's going to be an easy procedure. But uh, apparently, when they were operating me, there were some complications. Mm-hmm. So, I had an injury at this side also. Yeah, this, this is a podcast. So people can't see yeah. you. People can't see you. Pointing. Okay, you'll have to describe it. Yeah. So basically, um, you know, I had the injury on the other side of the leg. Now, mm-hmm. from that point, they have to insert a screw in there. Mm-hmm. Now they can't do that because, um, you know. So this is the inside of your left leg. Yes. Okay. All right. So they can't do that because if they, you know, cut open the entire uh, space, mm-hmm. uh, it can pro- probably get infected. Okay. So they had to just, you know, remove. Uh, you know a circular part out of there and then have to insert that screw through that so that Mm. was difficult it took a lot of time Mm. so yeah that happened took three three and a half hours I just slept in the middle of my operation because I got so bored you were awake I was awake they gave me spinal anesthesia so my lower body was uh, yeah numb but I was awake and these guys they were talking to me Mm -hmm. they were discussing (laughs) Bahubali <laughs> and I haven't watched the movie at this point of time. I'm like, okay. oh my god, that is, I I, I can't even, I can't. Dude, I can't that even. is that is how it is. <laughs> These guys are discussing their uh, ka exams, Bahu Bali, and what not. God, all right, like, okay, okay, it's just normal. <laughs> all right, then, okay, the procedure is done. After yeah, that. the procedure is done. I get out of um, the operation theater. I'm in hospital for another three days. Um, so at this point of time, I can't like walk, I can't do anything. So these guys, they tell me, uh, this is a temporary cast that we have put on. After two weeks, we'll remove all your stitches mm-hmm. and then we'll put a permanent cast. And after that, you will be on bed rest for like three months. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, that's cool. Post that, everything has happened. I get my permanent cast on, I go back home and then actually, you know, at this point of time, I was pretty happy that, you know, I don't have to go to work for three months. Uh, paid holiday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was actually having fun at this point of time. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, once I got home and everybody everybody else went back to their normal life. So I'm sitting alone at home. Nobody is there. Mm-hmm. Then the reality hits me that, dude, I'm dependent now. Like, I can't even move around. Yeah. I'm bedridden. Mm-hmm. I can't do anything. So I have that, um, you know, crutch sort of a thing, the walker. And the, I think the only time that I used to get up was if I had to use the loo. Mm-hmm. That's it. Otherwise, I was like on bed all the time. So what were you doing for food and uh, other things? I mean, my mom used to do that. Oh, your mom was there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I went back to my hometown. Okay. I told, I informed her finally. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, at that point of time, I realized, dude, there are a lot of things that we take for granted. Like, you know, going to the, walking up to the washroom and brushing your teeth. Like, I can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. I need to have somebody who can take me to the washroom and I can figure this shit out. Yeah. So, yeah, that happened and then it got really dark. Like, you know, you, you keep on thinking about things that you're not supposed to mm-hmm. because you have got nothing else to do. You're bedridden. And when you constantly run, it actually makes you happy. Right. When you stop doing that, yeah, you got, I just got cranky, man. <laughs> I was cranky. Yeah. So that was, that was hitting really bad and I was at, at an all time low and I thought that, you know, probably, I'm not sure if I'm able to, I'll be able to walk properly again. Mm-hmm. And I was definitely not sure if I can like ever run again. 
so um three months later i got this cast off mm-hmm. and the day that cast was like you know uh, taken off i was so scared to walk again mhm because now i'm not used to walking for i haven't walked for 3 months yeah, you have to relearn that skill yeah. again mm-hmm. and it was so scary i used to feel like really scared when i was putting my feet down like you know probably i'll just trip i'll fall probably that you know ankle will just break again mm-hmm. something you know you have that kind of inhibition yeah so it took a lot of time for me to uh, you know start walking again i had to actually relearn that mm-hmm. and then i started getting calls from my office that you know if you are fine you can rejoin and all of that stuff so mm-hmm. that happened eventually i had to you know be back and i think i came back to gurgaon in feb of 2018 mm-hmm. february yeah probably in feb so yeah so i came back now even if i used to like walk for 10 or 15 minutes my foot used to swell like mm-hmm. it used to swell beyond control right So my doctor has told me that you know you have to do like minimum activity just restrict all kind of activity and just try to walk as less as possible. Mm-hmm. Did you go for any physiotherapy of any kind? No, actually he never recommended that. Okay. Because I that at that point of time it needed rest. Mm-hmm. So there was no physiotherapy nothing. So he told me just you know restrict your movement um as much as you can and you'll recover. So that is what I did. I used to walk only for like 10-15 minutes a day, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I actually did not enjoy. Yeah. I wanted to get back to running again, mm-hmm. but I can't. Of course. Because like my body is not allowing me to. Mm-hmm. So what I started doing was I started going for walks. Like even though my doctor told me you don't you don't have to like walk, I started walking for 30 minutes every day. I thought you know just let's just do that. Mm-hmm. So my after after work I used to go to the park and I used to walk for thirty minutes, and my ankle used to swell, and then I used to go to my bed, and yeah while I was sleeping it would recover itself. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did for like almost a year, and then it started getting better. In twenty eighteen, um, I thought you know maybe I should go for a trek. Okay. Yeah. So I thought I'm ready for it, and even if I'm not, I can't sit at home. Mm-hmm. I have to do something. So I uh, signed up for this Valley of Last Trek. Mm-hmm. So it's a three-day trek, basically three day of just trekking. Uh, I'm just you know removing the traveling part. So it's three days of pure trekking. Mm-hmm. So I told my mom that you know I'm gonna go for this trek, and she's like, no, 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 you know you've just screwed your ankle, and you can't go, and all mm-hmm. of that. Shit. I was like, no, I'm doing it. people are telling me there are landslides there is this and that don't go it's not safe you'll enjoy yourself again mm-hmm. i was like that's fine by me i have to go so i went to this trek everything was awesome everything was great on the last day of the trek so we were coming back from hemkund sahib that's an extension of valley of flowers trek so i was coming back from there and there are there is a diversion there so either you take the regular path the trail or you take those stairs and these are cut out of like rocks mm-hmm. so these are like huge stairs right so so either you take those and save a few kilometers so i thought yeah maybe i should do that maybe i should you know save a few kilometers i can take the stairs mm-hmm. so i was doing that i was i was pretty conscious about the fact the way i'm you know walking where i'm stepping because of obviously because of my ankle somehow i twisted my right leg 
so i again went to this doctor and this time i went to another doctor um, you know somebody suggested me mm-hmm. and he's a really good doctor but he's in shalimar bag in delhi wow yeah okay. so i went from gurgaon all the way to shalimar bag went there um he ordered an mri i went for the mri took the scans back to him and then he again told me that you know you have a gant on your mcl Okay. Yeah. So this this is a you know recurring event. Mm-hmm. So I asked him, you know, basically I was not even running that fast. Mm-hmm. I was tracking my speed and everything through an app. So I showed him that app as well that my speed was not that much. Mm-hmm. So what he told me was probably you know you took a turn, and because of that force, uh, the MCL got torn. Mm-hmm. So now he tells me that you know you have to restrict your motion. You have to like I had to actually wear a brace for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. so that you know my my this uh, knee doesn't move around and he told me at least for 3 months you shouldn't be doing any sort of uh, physical activity mm-hmm. so i was like so that yeah. would be good news to a lot of people i know but uh, not for you <laughs> so okay what happened after that yeah. so again i was again basically you know not walking not running and not doing anything and i was really pissed because this time i really wanted to do that 100 days of running mm-hmm. and i was like i'm not even sure if i'm going to recover by then so that is something that happened i did recover mm-hmm. i did start with 100 days of running i completed it you ran every single day i ran every single day but that the, is incredible <laughs> but the point is uh-huh. i totally forgot to enter my data for like 5 days well that website kind of yeah, yeah. i know i know what it's about. Yeah. so yeah. so yeah so it shows that i ran for 95 days mm-hmm. and i got like The, the gold, the, not the platinum medal. Something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah. The medal was like so bad this time. <laughs> I'm like so jealous of your medal. Yeah, my medal was. Like your medal. The, the medal for the first year was really good. Do yeah. I think they're both the same, right? For both these the, years. No, the one, the one after that was slightly different. But in anyway, I've, I've mine seen. Mine sucks. You've seen mine. I've seen yours. Right? Yeah, yeah. That was so bad. I was so disappointed. <laughs> Like <laughs> so, you did hundred days. That that probably ended in first week August. Yeah. And. Uh, Then fast forward to the the turning point, you know your uh, the, the the cap on this entire story. Mm-hmm. Last winter, where I came back from the sea, and uh, you and I decided to you know get our game faces on. So tell yeah. us tell us about that winter. How did that feel? I remember I remember before I got back, you had done starry the, the starry night, and yeah. I remember it was a ten k, and you were not sure if you should go or if you should do it, and I. Kept pushing you from the ship that you should go, yeah. you should do it. How was that feeling? Finally doing that 10k and crossing that line and getting your medal. What did that feel like? That sense of accomplishment, that journey that you went through. What did that feel like? That was epic. Mm-hmm. I mean, I felt really great. Uh, after this hundred days of running, I was really exhausted. So I stopped training. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm done with running for a while. I can't do it anymore. I really need to have that rest. and then you know suddenly i see this ad for starry night and i'm like dude i have to do this come on this is a good one i have to do this so i remember i think i signed up for starry night the day i received my medal for 100 days of running so i remember putting up a post on instagram and you were commenting on that and we were actually chatting on that thread yeah, yeah, yeah. that you have to sign up for starry night and i was like dude i just did that So yeah, that happened, and Starry Night got delayed for a month because of some elections and everything. So these guys they didn't get. Or was it pollution? No, that was elections. So they, they okay. didn't get permission mm-hmm. for that particular route. Mm-hmm. So it got delayed for a month, mm-hmm. 
and when i signed up for that i hadn't trained so mm-hmm. remember i was telling you that i haven't trained but i'm still going to sign up for that and let's see how it goes when it got delayed i was like okay i have a month now mm-hmm. so i can actually train and you told me that you know your target should be 1 hour and 10 minutes yeah i remember that very clearly you told me your target should be 1 hour and 10 minutes mm-hmm. so i went to this one i just started running and you know they say that life comes a full circle mm-hmm. that happened there because i was running in the same underpass yeah so that was like i was wow. kind of scared <laughs> uh-huh. i was kind of scared you know going back to the same place because before that and after that accident i never actually went to that particular place because mm-hmm. that I trauma yeah yeah i really didn't want to relive that again mm-hmm. so starry night uh, it started there and so when i what what was your time for starry night how much did you you know no that was actually my official 10k that was my first official 10k time 10k yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so i was like yeah i think i can do it i've got this mm-hmm. so i remember coming back and i told you i showed you my medal and i was like dude i did it you know this was my time and then you were like you know what i'm going to be back in december let's just sign know, up for yeah. our race as we can yeah and after that all that i remember was running each and every race that came yeah, our way yeah, yeah. I remember this like I came back in uh, last week of November and yeah. first one of the first thing we did was we went on this website which lists out all these races yes. happening in India we found out races that sounded good and I you know double checked with my brother mm. because he kind of knows these things mm-hmm. so he told us kind of guided us which races we should sign up for yeah some of the races were really good some of them were, were quite bad <laughs> Like uh, the, I know the one you're talking the, about, the, the winter, the winter day half day marathon. Yeah. I mean that was weird in Dwarka. I don't know why we signed up for that, uh, but we finished that 10k both of us. Yeah. We did another 10k in Gurgaon. We did a 5k. We did two 5k's. We did two 5k's, two 10k's, and the last race just before I oh. left was the 14-kilometer <laughs> trail run. Dude, that was and. I I remember yeah. I was sick the night before and we yeah. were, we had decided we were not going to go but at 3 in the morning you had decided that you were not going to go I kept pushing you like you know what let's go and then 3 in the morning I said you know hell with this thing we have to go and we, we, we and I was at a barbecue you were at a barbecue yeah and I was like right. stuffing myself and I'm like dude now I have to run what do I do now I've had so much chicken But yeah. So yeah, we ran that 14k. We got our medals, and that was it. That was last winter, and we left that winter. And I went and joined my ship. You went and joined your work, and then yeah. the whole COVID thing happened. But our plan at that point was that we're going to start training. I'm going to train on my ship, mm-hmm. and we are going to attempt a sub two-hour half marathon. That was our plan. And had I would say had things been better outside, would we would have we would have totally yeah. totally done it. We would have signed up for Starry Night again. We're signed up for Starry Night again. Yeah, that is that is a race I do yeah. like. It's a good run. Yeah, it's a good, good race. Track. It's a good track. And it's a great uh, crowd. Running, running in those uh, in those lights uh, in front of Cyber Hub around those tall buildings. I I quite like it. it yeah, even I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was. So we would have done race. that for sure again. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, COVID happened, and now things are not same anymore. But, but guys, we, that's that's okay. The the point of this podcast was to talk about. your journey and you know the 
it, it is these encounters, these encounters which you hear about from regular folk like you who have overcome the odds and who have kept, you know, the best part is you've constantly pushed yourself, you know, with the trek and the 5Ks and the 100 days of thing. Even though the doctors were like, no, plant yourself on a bed for three yeah. months, you didn't listen. You overcame those adversities and you are an inspiration to us all and to anyone who's making excuses and who's just sitting at home and saying, nahi, COVID hai or nahi, I'm not fit, I'm not that. You are just lying to yourself, you know. And there's a there's an example sitting right here in front of me. A woman who's who's got a rod in her leg, and she ran a hundred days, completed that challenge, and finally crossed the line in that same underpass where she was injured all those years yeah. ago. Crossed the line, got her medal for that 10k, and hasn't looked back since. Gayatri, what an amazing story that is. And I'm you're you're an inspiration to us all and I'm inspired listening to your story Dude, I don't know if I'm an inspiration but uh, the only thing that I actually learned from this experience is mm-hmm. that you know life is not gonna go the way you always plan it to be mm-hmm. so you gotta say yes to last minute plans mm-hmm. that we always do <laughs> <laughs> and you gotta push yourself like do whatever you feel is right for you don't don't think that you know that was my plan this is not gonna happen now now what do I do just you know sit in my bed and cry about it Let's not do that. I mean, fine, you might not be able to do what you've initially planned, but then you can always do something else. Thank you, Gayatri. Your optimism is infectious, and I hope our <laughs> listeners feel the same way. Gayatri, thank you so much for being here with us and thank sharing your story. Me. I know it was a painful journey to probably relive as well. Oh. But thank you for your time and your uh, valuable lessons. Thank you so much. You know for having me here. <laughs>